You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on in to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. And do the Yankees have a trade rally in their bones? Monday is starting off strong. The deadline is not until Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, but the deals are already rolling in. So we're going to go live now instead of 2 o'clock Eastern, where you're normal, you'd normally find us to talk about the details of these trades. The Yankees just made their bullpen better in 2022, 23, 24, 25, 26 and 27 by trading for Chicago Cubs rookie reliever Scott Efros. He is 28 years old, and he's controllable all the way up until 2028. That's a long damn time. To get it done, they had to surrender top 10 pitching prospects, Hayden Wesneski. But how many top pitching prospects do you guys want in the rotation next year and beyond, folks? At a certain point, these guys are trade chips, and you can't yell at Brian Cashman to trade for everybody to reinforce a contender and then get upset when he trades one of those guys who – Makes sense to trade. Always trade your pitching prospects in order to get somebody who can help right now. And I also don't know how you could have watched this Yankee team lately and thought they don't need bullpen help right now. They clearly do. And Efros is a huge step combining with Benintendi. And it's clear that Brian Cashman is going for it at this year's deadline, even though we were all worried that he would not. So add to the Efros thing, the Frankie Montas rumors. That deal is heating up. John Heyman is tweeting as we speak. The teams are being told they are eliminated from that chase, but that the Yankees are still in. So that's interesting. Seems like a deal may be very close there. We're live now in case it breaks. And the Luis Castillo trade, of course, the reason why Montas will be a Yankee or a twin or a Cardinal. Um, the Yankees really wanted Luis Castillo. There's no sugarcoating it. And then the Mariners went absolutely crazy in their offer and swiped him out from over the Yankees' noses. You cannot not take that trade if you get offered it and you're the Reds. But that has certainly changed the Yankees' deadline calculus. We will tell you all about that and more. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions. We'll be more than happy to answer it. We are in the best 36 hours of the year, folks. Deadline trade's coming down. Yankees blew a save yesterday. It was a huge bummer. We intended to talk about Clay Holmes today. But honestly, 
if you could cherry pick when you're going to have a devastating blown save, you'd probably pick the fourth game of a four-game series against the Royals where you've already won the first three, right? So we probably won't be talking about that too much. Thomas Carinante, welcome back to the Deadline Spectacular. We went live in 2020 for the deadline. We talked about this. It was a complete waste of time. The Yankees not only did not fulfill their needs with any trade target, they didn't trade for anybody. They did not trade for a single person. 2021 was more active, obviously, Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo to save a dead-in-the-water team. They also gave up Luis Sessa at some point to get money back that they never used. Question mark. Good. A lot of half measures, though, in recent years other than those for the Yankees. And so it was it was obvious when Castillo went somewhere else, we were all going to roll our eyes and go, why again, 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 we're doing it again. But the F. Ross trade, the Montas discussions, uh, things are heating up for sure in the direction of the New York Yankees. Yeah, and you got to pay to get something. Yankees need a bullpen help. It's really non-negotiable. You're seeing a lot of guys leave next year. Uh, remember, a lot of these moves that Cashman does hardly ever gets – rentals that he's going to overpay for. He's looking ahead for the coming seasons. Um, and we're losing a lot of bullpen arms next year. Um, Chad green, who's injured is gone. Zach Britton, who's injured is gone. Roldis Chapman who stinks is gone. Um, uh, uh, Miguel Castro, who's not great is gone. Um, th- th- I think there's maybe one other in there. Um, but as you can see, there's going to be a need for arms. We don't know if, and when Michael King will be back next year, um, so there has got to be preparation. Uh, F Ross giving me some Ottavino, Darren O'Day vibes, but actually mm-hmm. effective. Um, mm-hmm. it seems based on his, uh, little funky windup, uh, sick or slider heavy. Um, I love that. Um, sick movement, um, again, controllable through 2028, something crazy. Um, very useful for what the Yankees are trying to do. Um, they like to get the cheap bullpen help. Did it last year with Clay Holmes. Who's also controllable for, for quite a while. Um, I'm a fan of the move. Uh, you're seeing a lot of stuff pop up on Twitter right now. Uh, talking about Hayden Wesneski, Yankees number seven ranked prospect who went to the Chicago Cubs in this deal. Um, saying that there's belief that Wesneski was the Yankees top pitching prospect, regardless of the rankings. Um, okay. That's cool, man. Uh, every time we talk about anybody in anybody's system, there's differing beliefs on whether they might be good or they might be worse than expected. Uh, Wes Neske was at AAA this year, um, doing a pretty good job. Special, yeah. not exactly, but good job. 3.51 ERA, 1.15 whip, um, 83 strikeouts in 89 and two-thirds innings. Um, he's got a nasty nasty offering for sure, uh, but if you're paying for five and a half years of a reliever under club control, um, getting that kind of price, you have to give something worthwhile in return. Um, and whether you think he's the future or Ken Waldachuk's the future as of right now, the Yankees were able to keep one of them, um, hopefully preparing themselves for the future as well. Um, Don't know, but not going to complain about surrendering a prospect, especially when it wasn't anybody, you know, Hayden was a fairly known guy, not a crown jewel by any means, not someone who has been, you know, admired and followed throughout the Yankee system for years. He was drafted in 2017, finally hit triple a this year or um, last year he hit it for a couple starts, but now he's, finding his footing. Um, I'm fine with it. Never going to complain about trading prospects unless it's an egregious overpay, which would have happened if we had made a deal with Luis Castillo. But let's focus on Efros right now. How are you feeling about this? I am okay with the price tag. Um, I value the relief help here. Clearly need it. We saw what happened these last two weeks. So smart deal. Yankee fans are so funny. And obviously we're all, everybody's guilty of this too. All fandoms are guilty of this where yes. you're like, 
Where? What's Cashman doing? Need a move. Wake up. Didn't you watch Clay Holmes this weekend? Wake up. And then he makes a move. And it's like a top 10 prospect. Oh, oh I wanted to see that guy pitch for my team. Like, it, it's tough. It's really <laughs> tough, right? You do have to give to get. How much are you going to give and how much are you going to get? Well, they would never trade Hayden Wesneski one for one for a reliever who's only controllable through 2023, right? Yeah, this right. guy's on the team through 2027, and if you believe in him, this is a this changes the calculus of the bullpen moving forward this year, next year, the year after that, the year after that. He's 28. He's not 23. He's not 25. He's 28. But this is relievers are fungible, right? There may come a time when things don't work quite as well as you think they will. But for now, for next year, for the year after, this is a massive move. And I, I love Hayden Wesneski. I love Ken Waldachuk. I love minor league pitching prospects. What's been the lesson from the Yankees last several years? Always trade minor league pitching prospects. Davey Garcia disappeared. Luis Heal out for a year and a half. Clark Schmidt was in a, a wormhole before this year when he's now become a reliever. The last guy out of the bullpen, the guy who comes in and does three inning saves. Like, I love Clark Schmidt. I think he has what? a chance to, to be a Michael King-esque weapon, but also not really because he walks a lot of guys and he's still again the guy they call on when they're up eight two in the seventh inning against the Royals to finish the job he's been great at that but these are your top pitching prospects that you held on to how many slots do you guys want to use on rookies in the big league rotation what's your big league rotation looking like next year the, the Yankees are supposed to contend in 2023 also right so what's your big league rotation Cole Severino Nestor Schmidt Waldachuk, Wesneski, Heel after he comes back from Tommy John, Montgomery, Will Warren, Brendan Beck, <laughs> Matt Crook, J.P. Sears, Randy Vasquez. How many of these guys are you putting in the Yankees rotation next year? A 14-man rotation? Everybody makes six starts? I mean, I love Hayden Wesneski. I love the slider, the pitching ninja stuff. I mean, we all know how nasty the break on that slider is. The numbers have been fine at triple a this year really good interesting pitching prospect not a guy you trade for a guy with 1.5 years of control definitely someone who you'd consider trading for somebody with this many years of control f ross is a huge pickup he is completely different than anybody in the yankees bullpen a 15th round draft pick from 2015 with a slider with a disgusting <laughs> slow velocity breakers he's in the 12th percentile fastball velocity you know what he does with that he goes sidearm 97th in expected era 97th percentile 88th in expected batting average 97th in expected weighted on base 95th in expected slowing 95th in barrel 82nd in k and 96th in chase rate everybody whiffs on this guy nobody touches him when they touch him and that's with a 12th percentile fastball velocity he does not throw hard at all he doesn't pitch like – you want to talk about a change of pace in the Yankees' bullpen where they've already got all these erratic guys with devastating sinkers, Castro, Holmes, King for a long time, Loisega, Chapman. Everybody in this bullpen throws 99 to 101. Everybody in this bullpen has outings where they walk in and you go, he don't got it. Efrost is the, the quiet storm here. All he does is eliminate hard contact, and all he does is get people to chase – with a fastball that doesn't look like anybody else who's coming in around him. So you think about Chapman to Efros to Holmes, Castro to Efros to Loisega. Like the Yankees have definitely made 
a significant tweak for this year and beyond in this deal. And it hurts to lose Wesneski for sure. And it's going to hurt to lose Waldachuk or Sears or the guys you're going to have to lose in order to make a potential starting pitching addition. But what matters is how long do you have this addition under control for and how impressive is the player you're receiving? And in this instance, F. Ross is very impressive, even though you might not know his name. And B, he's going to be here forever. Yeah. You have to make that. Oh, yeah. If Michael King doesn't get injured, the complexion changes a little bit. Yankees had to pivot. That's the reality of it. And when Michael King comes back, then you're going to have F. Ross and Michael King in this bullpen, which is going to be able to bridge the gap a lot more cleaner to Clay Holmes. Um, we'll, we'll still have Wandy Peralta for a couple of years. Lucas Lick, you'll be here as well. Um, and then we won't have to worry about a role as Chapman. Um, so once again, smart deal, uh, especially only one prospect. We saw the Luis Castillo deal. Let's talk about that for a second before we get into mm-hmm. anything else. Luis Castillo deal over the weekend, in my opinion, um, is the equivalent of the Rudy Gobert trade um, that went down this year um, in the NBA between the Timberwolves and the Jazz. Um, a massive overpay by the Mariners. I don't know if this is going to upset the, the pitching market um, as much as it could. I, I, you know, I think surrendering, it was numbers one, two, 10, and like 28, right? Something like that um, mm-hmm. for Castillo. Um, yeah. They gave up. A- and Mar- Noel V. Marte, who's the shortstop who led their package, yeah. was also a, top, a consensus like top 10, top 15 guy in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. He's basically like Volpe. Yeah. Um, so, but there's a difference there guys. So here's the difference. Mariners, good farm system. Mariners have a shortstop for the next five years in JP Crawford. Um, their number one prospect, just because teams just start offering number one and number two prospects doesn't mean, Oh, I can just go to the next team and say, Hey, how about your number one and number two prospects? Uh, first of all, Volpe was rated higher, um, than, uh, Marte. Um, that's, that's first of all, second of all, the Yankees don't have a shortstop beyond next season. Um, because Isaiah Connor Falafel one is not really a shortstop. Number two is a free agent after 2023. There was a clear plan here to make room for one of these shortstops, whether it was Volpe or Peraza by, you know, middle of next year, maybe. Um, I think, you know, I think everyone's raving about Peraza and AAA He's still OPSing under 800. Um, and I think they want his defense polished a little bit more. Volpe's still at double A, fairly impressive season, still has to kind of, you know, get uh, dig out of the hole that he that he put himself in in the beginning of the year, OPSing 822 or something like that, stealing a ton of bags, um, playing solid defense. But then again, as you go up in the levels, it gets more difficult and then you can run into obstacles. Um, so there is a clear plan here to put one of these shortstops as the, you know, the heir apparent future future option so they're really the the difference here in the value between the Yankees and the Mariners was considerable the Yankees view one or two of these guys as and they were willing to do a reportedly a prospect uh, a package surrounding Peraza um the the Reds didn't want that that didn't satiate their needs um okay great so then you move on um there are and this is where the Volpe debate's kind of pissing me off because you have people who are like you can't trade Anthony Volpe he's a future star you don't know that it's looking pretty good. It's looking promising, but you don't know that. You don't know until the second these guys step on MLB dirt. Um, and then you have the people um, who want to trade all the prospects and don't really give a shit when the Yankees have not really built great farm systems in the past. Their last you know, great dynasty of a team was built through the farm system. You could spend all the money you want on anybody you want, but 
it's still going to be the young talent that you bring up and cultivate in your own organization that's going to make the difference. So, yeah, you got to tread lightly here. Um, so would I have paid Volpe for Luis Castillo? No. Um, I think Luis Castillo is fucking awesome. Um, I'll take him on my team tomorrow. Uh, but you have to draw the line somewhere. Um, and asking for the Yankees numbers one and two prospects and the Mariners numbers one and two prospects are totally different. Um, and you look back to last year's trade deadline when the Dodgers gave up their number one and two prospects for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. I don't care if I don't care if Luis Castillo is controllable to, through 2023. Trey Turner was controllable through 2023. That should be more of the precedent of the deal. The Mariners swooping in here because they're desperate to make an impression in the playoffs or even make the playoffs. Um, oh my God, Brewers are trading mm-hmm. Heater to the Padres. Holy shit! Um, wow. Uh, why didn't, why weren't we in on that? Um, I hate hater. I I think that's, uh, yeah. Wow. Pass and breaking. I was actually, as soon as you were done talking, I was going to say it's getting closer apparently, but shit hater to the Padres. Uh, You know what? The definition, uh, you know who I don't want to trade for the, the all-star closer of a team that's also contending. Yeah. Well, I don't understand that. Like what something's wrong with you. If the Brewers don't want Josh hater, then I also don't want Josh hater. Yeah. Especially at whatever price that is. We'll, we'll report that to you as soon as that comes in. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, um, but on the, on the, on the Volpe Mariners uh, conundrum, Volpe also has the narrative advantage. Yes. Everybody, you know, Yankee fans have lived through Derek Jeter leading a dynasty, lifelong Yankee fan, homegrown shortstop. All the pieces fell in place once he arrived, et cetera. And so now you've got first round pick shortstop. From New Jersey, lifelong Yankee fan. The intangibles are off the charts, which, like, whatever reporters wrote about those, like, Volpe is overvalued to an extent because he's a guy that WFAN callers know and have heard of. And they're like, well, this Jersey kid, we can't give up this Jersey kid. And obviously, he had an incredible year last year, started off a little slow at double A, took an adjustment period, but now is having another incredible season. I mean, his June and July with Somerset have been unreal. He's probably knock on a wooden table, going to get bumped up to AAA sometime in August or September to get his feet wet at least a little bit there because he better be starting next season at AAA. And he he's going to struggle when he arrives there. So he might end this year on a sour note, at, but at least if he does that, he's going to end it in AAA Scranton. He's not untouchable. No. Juan Soto, yes. Yeah. Shohei Otani, yeah. Um. If there were another ace on the market, if Garrett Cole were available this year, sure. But for Luis Castillo, I mean, the Yankees were going to get him. He was in their shopping cart. They were trying to check out. And then the Mariners said, we'll give you, who cares? We don't need Noel V. Marte. We have J.P. Crawford for a really long time. We have an excellent defensive shortstop with with bursts of power. Marte is an excellent prospect. We're trying to make the postseason for the first time since 2001. You can have him. We are insane. And the Yankees said, we are not at that level yet. No. Like like you wrote and like we've talked about, Castillo is spectacular. He also led the NL in walks last year, not 2018, not several years. Last season, he led the league in walks and in losses. Pitcher losses, obviously not all his fault. Walks, all his fault. As you as- walk people. You know, you, you, you grab the ball in your hand and you walk people. Luis Castillo is a much bigger priority for the Mariners and the Yankees. Now 
that doesn't mean the Yankees aren't boned here because they don't need pitching depth in the rotation. If they're going to get Jose Quintana, they better get a front-end starter too. And without Castillo, the only guys there are Frankie Montas and Carlos Rodon. Everybody else is a shrug. Tyler Maley's kind of interesting. But again, Paul Blackburn was an all-star this year. But if I'm adding into the rotation, is anybody printing the championship t-shirts? No. The Yankees could easily acquire one of those dudes at the back end. But if they do, they better also pair him with someone who really matters. And that's why everybody fell in love with Castillo, because there just aren't those names on the market this year. This summer might be the most obvious trade market of all time, below the Juan Soto level, right? These are targets we were talking about in April. Can't wait till Luis Castillo gets traded. Montas supposed to get traded in March. Like, Sean Manaya and Montas were supposed to go together. So yeah. it's not like anybody's shocked by these names. And, and that's led to this sort of air of, you know, people being asked, people being able to ask for more than anyone ever would have anticipated. Cause it's just this long list of people who, who bad teams have been taking offers on since mid March. And so now we're getting to the point where, you know, only a couple of days left, you can't kick your dirt on, on this Montas thing anymore. Um, but you we're in agreement here. You, you wouldn't have given up. No. You wouldn't have given up Volpe. You would have, you would have definitely given up Peraza, a Peraza led package for Luis Castillo. But if the Mariners are willing to do this and the Mariners have set themselves up better because the Yankees passed on a free agency class so that they could eventually hand the job to one of these two guys, the Yankees are only prepared to trade one of their two shortstop prospects. The Mariners are prepared to do whatever. And they did. Yeah, it was. uh, We could say it was. Look, Yankees dealing for Gallo last year was a position of depth. Um, You look at that trade now, obviously it's not favorable for the Yankees, but when you have, the available depth to make a trade and outbid other contenders on the market, you do it. I don't think I don't think it was a bad idea from the Padres. They thought they could make up for the losses. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But Luis Cas they signed Robbie Ray, who's good but not really giving them ace like production. God, he stinks. Yeah, so imagine they need, if we had done that. Been, I mean, he just he gets destroyed by the Astros every time he faces them, and that's not a good sign when you're heading into the playoffs against maybe you're facing the Astros, or you got to at least face the Astros down the stretch to help your playoff chances. Um and adding a co ace to that rotation makes a lot of sense from their perspective. Um for the Yankees though, um that leaves them with the cupboard a little bit bare, if you could say. Uh, Luis Castillo was far and away the number one option. Now you got Frankie Montas probably as the number two, um, unless you're wanting to imagine other guys will be on the market. Shane Bieber, that's what you think? Uh, I can't get off that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it on the podcast just so that everybody yeah. can hear it from me. But, I, I mean, Scott Efros was the Yankees working in silence. How often do the Yankees work in silence, right? When are the Yankees ever loud? Now, we're about to dive into the Frankie Montez stuff, and this is getting really loud today. So, you know, it's if this happens, it'll be one of the most telegraphed Yankees moves of all time. Like, Yankees in on Castillo. Oh, wait, Mariners went crazy for Castillo. Montas is their top priority for 48 full hours, and then, you know, either a deal gets done today or it doesn't. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Shane Bieber, man, like the Guardians know what they're doing in the pitching department. They have not slowed down since losing Matt Blake at all. Tristan McKenzie is turning into an ace. They've got like eight number three starters, like Savali, Zach Plesak, who's apparently also available. They just keep developing these like very solid dudes one after another. And I know they have a top prospect, uh, Daniel Espino, I believe his name is. Yeah, he's a, he's a 21-year-old pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour, who, who is a double-A Akron right now. Like, he's ready to step in. Shane Bieber, the velocity's down. He's been re- he was spectacular in 2020, very good in 2021, got hurt. 2022, very good, not elite, you know, and for an organization that just churns out these pitchers one after another, you have to start thinking his velocity's down. Are we closer to the end than we are the beginning? is now the time to pull the trigger when we're like three games over 500 and at the back end of the wild card race. They can go for it if they get rid of Shane Bieber. They, they can. And so it's we know Plesak is available. This is just me reading between the lines and saying, if one controllable Guardian starter is available, why wouldn't another one be available? And the Matt Blake factor, if you're going to set him on a positive trajectory, why not just hand him back to his old friend, Matt Blake, who figured him out in the first place? and who has done this time and again for Guardians prospect after Guardians prospect. So I'm saying it on the podcast just so that we have it on record. Uh, Montas seems more likely at this point, and the Yankees are not moving in silence like lasagna there. Uh, It's louder than ever. And so how are you feeling as these rumors begin to swirl? I, I, I don't know. I think who else do you, who else do you think might be available to help to help outside of Montas though? Uh, I mean, R- Rodon is like the only guy that makes me the same level of, of interested. Yeah. Right. I, I think mean, he's, yeah, I think that would be, that's kind of my preferred option. If you're talking about someone who can, cause look, you look at Luis Castillo too. Like everyone's maybe forgetting the fact that he's pitched in one playoff game. Um, the fact that he hasn't really had many high leverage starts as a Cincinnati red. Um, and it was in 2020. Yeah, it was, and it was in 2020 uh, against the Braves. Um, not not discrediting that whatsoever, but you do have to. What the Yankees need here 
is someone who's a lunatic, which I think Carlos hmm. Rodon is. I think he's a certified lunatic, and I love 100%. it. Hundred um, percent. Or you need a postseason, or you need a postseason bulldog who you just know is going to go out there for six, give you a quality start, or if you really need it in a game to shut up the opponent, seven and one earned. Um, Yankees still don't have that. Um, so Charlie Morton. Yeah. So when you're looking at the Castillo deal, that could be a little bit of a silver lining for you. If you're upset about losing Luis Castillo. I understand you look at the body of work, though, what the Yankees needed for the playoffs is not there. Um, could he could could that change now that he's on a team contending for the playoffs? Absolutely. But we have no evidence of it. Um, same thing goes for Montas. However, Montas. You'd be surprised to know has been fairly good against the teams that the Yankees are going to compete against for the next few years or in the playoffs this year uh, against the Red Sox. He has a 1.83 ERA in 19.2 innings against the Rays. He has a 1.87 ERA in 33 and two thirds innings against the Astros. He has a 3.40 ERA in 76 and two thirds innings against the Mariners. He has a 2.72 ERA in 56 and a third inning. So you're looking at a silver lining getting kind of bumped here. Cause Montas was always like, uh, is this the guy we want to pay for shoulder issue? You know, the A's are going to ask for a lot because that's what the A's do. Um, or the A's are going to plunder somebody in your farm system who you valued. Um, and they, you know, they caught the crown jewel because uh, they kind of do their analysis, like much like the Rays do uh, when the Rays want one of your prospects. They're like, shit, man, we lost the deal. Um, but you look at that silver lining there. Montas only two appearances in the postseason got knocked around in both of them. Uh, 2020 wild card round against the white Sox, he gave up one run in two innings i think yeah um, whatever that is yeah whatever that is um and then the alds against the astros that year um gave up five runs i think in three innings or something like that um yeah, so they the killed him yeah so the body of work is not entirely there for him however um you have that track record against opponents that matter um he has one more game of postseason experience than luis castillo um, he's ostensibly going to be cheaper in a trade. He's also controllable through 2023. Um, and then the leftover prospect capital that you're not giving up for Castillo. You're surrendering may- maybe half of that for Montas. I don't know. I guess we'll see if this actually happens. Heyman said team, John Heyman just said teams are being notified that they've been eliminated from the Montas sweepstakes. The Yankees are still involved. That could be it. Here's uh yeah I mean here's the big one that's floating around now is, is Dan Hayes the Twins reporter yeah quote tweeted Heyman with Twins believe A's are lining up a deal with another team for Frankie Montas some random kid replied Yankee in all caps and Dan Hayes engaged with that for whatever reason and said when you got the better prospect to offer that's how it goes sometimes yeah uh I mean that's pretty telling and also all we know about this is everybody's there's smoke there's beyond smoke you know there's white smoke that you know pope smoke coming out of, of the <laughs> smells bad know, little, little lid they, they named a new pope um <laughs> everybody seems to think that the yankees are like it, it's like you're getting like talks are intensifying yankees involved but the yankees are the only team anyone's mentioning so at this point yeah things could fall apart but it's up to the yankees to close the deal and it's also up to somebody else somebody else could jump in and mariners this somebody really wants him they can go oh my god Yankees are really about to get him i'm gonna offer my anthony volpe but otherwise it does feel like the yankees are in, are are lining this up to, to get it to the finish line and that whole you know when you have the better prospect to offer thing 
it's got to be Oswald Peraza, and that has to be what finishes the deal. Peraza caught fire at the exact same time as Volpe. He would be an upgrade, you know, if the Yankees wanted to use him right now. I, I wouldn't say no, quite frankly. I mean, they're shortstop. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I don't have a problem with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I know you hate when people attack Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I think he's a fine number nine hitter. Not everybody needs 30 homer power. But that said, Oswald Peraza, if he adjusted to the big leagues right away, is a better baseball player than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Yeah, I uh, mean, I would, I'd like to see how that pans out. I also don't, you know, we don't need Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hitting home runs. He's going to make errors. He's not a natural shortstop. So, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Blame Brian Cashman for making that trade. Don't blame Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for fulfilling his player profile. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and back to Montas, suppose you know in this in this realm where you're surrendering you know half of a package outside of castillo Mm -hmm. you have leftover prospects to maybe make another deal for a starter don't know who that would be don't know who you're offloading um don't know what the scenario is but you never know you could use another starter in this realm if you don't trust jordan montgomery in a playoff start if you don't trust luis severino in a playoff start or if you don't trust jamison tyone in a playoff start which you know could be the reality here luis severino might come back as a reliever based on, you know, he's throwing today, they said. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Let's let's see it. Believe it when I see it. Um, so it kind of complicates things, but it also leaves the door open for other scenarios that could be advantageous. Um, I do want the... I, I do want a little bit more traction on Rodon, if I'm being honest. If the Yankees can acquire both him and Montas, I think that's, I think that's the coup. And I think it's possible, because... You know Rodon's opting out. His player option has vested after he had 110 innings pitched this year, um, which was part of the contract he signed with the Giants. Um, and he is he is the bona fide number two guy. I know he doesn't have like crazy special stuff. His fastball sits 94-96, but he locates it perfectly up in the zone every goddamn time. You watched that game against the Cubs last night. I know it's the Cubs, but taking care of business, strutting off the mound, doing what you got to do. Garrett Cole has not done that in his last two or three starts. Five runs against the Royals, four runs against the Orioles. Um, I, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. I, I know Carlos Rodon has, has had some blow-up starts, but if you're pairing him in the rotation with Cole, I think that takes pressure off Cole. If you're adding him and Montas, I don't know what that costs, um, but you know the Giants are kind of in this precarious spot where they have a very old roster. Um, they need an infusion of young talent. Um and if you're going to pay for any rental, in my opinion, it's Rodon. You're, you have the injury concerns with Rodon, right? Throughout his career, mostly been hobbled. But you're not acquiring him after the season. You're acquiring him in the midst of a season where he's looking very good. And last year was a career year for him, even though he got hit with some injury issues. Um, so I think that this duel, you know, this potential tag team deal, if it's even possible for Montas and Rodon, would completely change the complexion of the trade deadline for the Yankees. Um and, you know, you got to get rid of Gallo somehow. So you get rid of Gallo, you offload some of that salary, and then you can import some other pieces. The only issue here that might be preventing a Rodon deal outside of the Giants maybe not selling is his salary, making $22 million this year. So that means the Yankees are going to be on the hook for 10 ish That might push them past the luxury tax threshold if they don't get rid of Gallo or they don't, for example, figure out a way to offload a role to Chapman's salary um, in a dump, which I think that they should still consider. Um, I don't know why we're relying on a role to Chapman to regain his confidence at age 34. Um, Ooh, but- didn't, didn't you see the video though? He moved his hands lower 
from two weeks ago. So now he's he's fixed. He's saved. We'll, we'll never have a problem with him again. I'm sure that's yeah. I'm sure that's that's the one. That's it. That's all he needed. Um, he's back. Yeah, not not the fact he's firing fastballs into the backstop when he comes in um, before being fully warmed up. Walks the first three guys. Uh, I mean, he has looked okay in his last two outings, which is great. But long term, am I banking on that? No. I mean, he should look okay from here. You know, here and there, outing to outing. Every he's he's supposed to be a good reliever. Um, are you relying on him in the postseason? Absolutely not. Sixth mm. inning guy. Sixth inning oh, guy no. for me right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that return, I'm just looking at this return for Hater. I don't know if that was in the cards for us. No, no, no. I mean, that's a weird deal, though. Like, Taylor, you traded your closer. Brewers deep in their system. The Brewers deep in the pitching staff, though, which I guess helps them. Yeah. Traded your closer to Nelson Lamette, who, like, uh, when's the last time he appeared in a major league game? Yeah. And then uh, the Padres, number seven prospect, and then a mid 20s guy. Uh, according to Jake Storiali of, of uh, John Boy Media, the Yanks were in on Hater, oh, but okay. didn't come, but didn't come anywhere close to that. Okay, uh, w- which makes sense. I mean, that, again, it's a weird package. It's like you're probably tra- you're trading a cheap reliever, so like you're trading either Clay Holmes or Ron Marinaccio in that deal, and then you're trading Luis Heel. Probably that's like the Lamette piece. Yeah, and then you're also trading Waldachuk. And then Brandon Lockridge. I mean, again, the Milwaukee Brewers are contending. Mm-hmm. Like they made a kind, they made a weird reload trade, the kind of trade they have to make because they never rebuild and they never overpay. Yeah. But they're always in contention, so they occasionally have to do something strange, like trading Josh Hader in the middle of a season where they might win the NL Central. But if a team is dumping their all-star closer in the middle of a season and they're in the race, I'm just like, no. No, I don't want that guy. And Hater is very boomer bust. And it's not just, uh, you know, glass houses, throw stones, et cetera. I know Clay Holmes' release point is off. I know Aroldis Chapman is who Aroldis Chapman is. But Josh Hader is making $11 million this year. He's also under control for next year. He struck out 59 guys in 34 innings and has 29 saves. And his ERA is 4.24. And he's coming off some awful outings. Yeah. Just absolutely dark times bleak. Uh, his last seven games, he has a 16.88 ERA. 9.45 in his last 15. And I thank him for his service. Thank you for shutting down the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park on Friday night. Very funny, but I am not surrendering anything for that dude right now. The red flaggiest of red flag- It's like the It's like if the Yankees put Holmes on the market. Do you think teams would be like, ooh, Clay Holmes, he's an all-star? Or do you think teams would be like, why are the Yankees trading their all-star closer? That's all I keep thinking about. when I And, and I can't believe this got finished now. We were hearing a little chirps about this, and I thought this will get done in the offseason, just like yeah. Juan Soto. I was like, that and Juan Soto will both start off the winter meetings with a bomb, but Hater developed in five minutes. Yeah. But the groundwork's been laid for this for years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I don't know what the thought process here is unless the Brewers saw the warning signs of his recent collapse and was like, why wait till the offseason if he's maybe going to do this for another four weeks? Value is going to decline. And if they got the package they wanted, you get the package you want, you move on. Um, They're a smart organization. So, uh, yeah, Yankees obviously not close to that package. You're, you know, the equivalent of that is ridiculous. You kind of set your roster back and affect your depth for no reason. 
But hey, this leaves the pot. Padres didn't trade anybody there that they that they would be dealing in a potential Juan Soto deal. So worth keeping a, keeping an eye on for that. Um, what else here? Who else do we want? What are we thinking? Um, I think F. Ross kind of came by surprise. Um, we were thinking Robertson or Michael Givens. Um, I honestly didn't think the Cubs would be moving a guy with five and a half years of control, especially because they're on the rebuilding path. Um, but they've had bad starting pitching for a while. Maybe they think Wesneski can move the needle there and they can just figure out. They've done a good job signing bullpen guys over the last few years, so maybe they found their groove in that regard. Um, but where does Gallo go? Who are we getting another outfielder? Is Matt Carpenter going to play more third base now? Cause Josh Donaldson's a waste of space. Um, I, I will, I am, I, before this F Ross deal, I was ready to say this trade deadline was going to be very disappointing for the Yankees. Um, but now I think this injects a little bit of confidence in terms of getting the momentum going for the trade deadline in general. It gives you, you know, a, sort of projectability beyond not sort of it does give you projectability beyond this year and now it leaves you know you still got the prospects to make another big deal so what's going to happen what's this roster going to look like i'm feeling a little bit more optimistic now yeah the wheels are in motion i guess the, the counterpoint like obviously it's weird the cubs dealt a super controllable reliever who will theoretically be around for the next great cubs team but it's almost like the flip side of the yankees like you gotta trade pitching prospects the cubs Wesneski is now their number two ranked starting pitching prospect. If you can obtain that for a bullpen arm, I think you got to do it yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Like it, people are starting to, Hey, people are starting to whisper about the Red Sox trading Schreiber. Like if the Red Sox are selling Evaldi and JD Martinez and Christian Vasquez and everything that Evaldi, everything that JD and Vasquez said after Sunday's game, which could be their last game at Fenway together, indicated that they're, they're not like on the verge of getting traded, but they know they're in talks and they know Bloom is watching going, wouldn't it be nice to trade these people? Why wouldn't the Red Sox also try to throw up a controllable reliever like Schreiber, who again, who knows? Schreiber was a nobody before this year. Who knows when he's coming back down to earth, if ever. Oh, no. And, you know, he is a bullpen guy. If, if, if uh, Garrett Whitlock, our boy, is going to be a Red Sox bullpen guy moving forward, which it seems like he is, then if you have another one, like a breakout like Schreiber, you got to entertain it. And some Red Sox fan put up a hilarious package. They put him into the like trade value calculator thing or whatever, and it spat back Clark Schmidt, Michael King, and Ron Marinaccio. Now, the Yankees ain't doing that, but if the calculator, which has been pretty good at appraising value – believes the Red Sox could pull off like you know the Yankees traded West Nesky for Efros. Can the Red Sox get two top prospects for Schreiber? One prospect as good as Wesneski and then a lottery ticket? Like it's something they've got to explore. Uh I understand rebuilding, you know, reloading all these middling teams entertaining relief trades. I totally get it. That said, yeah, the Yankees paid a lot, but they have obtained a really impressive reliever for a very long time. And for as risky as pitching acquisitions are, they're way less risky if you acquire that pitcher for five and a half more years. Now, Gallo, the buzz this weekend was pleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. It was the Brewers are looking, the Rangers are looking, the Padres are looking, the Braves are looking, and the Braves make perfect sense because Adam Duvall went down a couple of weeks ago. He's been just about as bad as Gallo has been this year. He was there, you know, he'd been on the Braves for a while. He left. He came back last year. He was great during the playoff run. He's been abysmal this year, and now he's out for the season. So 
They need a slugging outfielder. Yeah, put let's put Joey Gallo in the NL East, and you know what? Let's put him back in the middle of a playoff run. <laughs> could be fun. Could be cool. Um, I, that's my preferred destination. I'm not allowed to choose. I know that you know it's not my decision, but Gallo to the Braves would be my call. But then we also saw Gallo to the Rays over the weekend, which would literally be, I would drink coffee just to spit it out. I would be so mad. The Rays already got David Peralta too, who like extremely predictable sequence of events. The numbers aren't that great, but the power's better than ever. The below the hood metrics are better than they've been. And we start writing about how, you know, the Yankees got Ben Intendi, but could they have gotten more power for cheaper with David Peralta? Hmm. Makes you think it will, it will be interesting to see. And then the Rays come in and get it. Like it's always the teams that torment you that come in and get the guys who you're like, would they? Would this unknown name have been better than the known name we got? It always turns out that they are, and he <laughs> went to the Rays. Now, Ben Benintendi had a good weekend. He walked constantly. When he came up with the bases loaded, he hit sack flies. He did what was asked of him. He extended a rally in Friday night's game. The Yankees had a weird weekend where they took three out of four from the Royals, probably got outplayed in three out of four of those games, stole two, got one stolen from them. Weird. I didn't have a lot of fun. But Benintendi was a very reassuring, calming presence in the middle to the bottom of that lineup that Joey Gallo has not been for a long time. Yeah. But Gallo's numbers, according to the you know the the stats, he's like he's got an eighty-five OPS plus or, or eighty-two. It's it's been bad. But Adam Duvall's at around an eighty-five on the year. They're very equivalent, and it's good enough. And Gallo's twelve homers and the flashes have been enough. That if he goes to the Rays, I am going to go, damn it. Yeah, I, that's certainly, I don't want him going to anybody relevant in our in our league, really. I would love him in the NL. Um, I, I don't want, I'm not afraid to trade Joey Gallo. It's not like how Cashman. No, 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 he it, can't stay yeah, here. It's not like how Cashman was terrified of trading Gary Sanchez because it, they were, it was obvious that the Yankees had a feeling that Gary Sanchez would go elsewhere and be an all-star catcher and make them and make them rue the day. Joey Gallo is not going to make us rue the day, but it will be annoying to see him being successful on a rival, um, even though we're still wishing him the best wherever he ends up. Um, but long story short, cannot remain on the roster, is no fit here. Um, those uh, those interview quotes with Lindsey Adler were brutal. Um, brutal. And it's, it's sad stuff. Um, you really really bad way for this to turn out. I think everybody just feels bad at this point. No one's really harboring any resentment unless you're a part-time viewer who's like, Oh God, Gallo struck out again. Are you, can you believe this? The guy who's, you know, three years late to Twitter. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. He can't be here. I would love him on the Padres. Go enjoy yourself there. Braves also fine. Do not, do not want the raise whatsoever. Um, I had a thought about something and I forgot it. Um, but I cannot stress enough how Efros is kind of going to be important um, solely because we saw Clay Holmes blow that save yesterday. Um, and I don't think Clay Holmes is in any trouble. Um, I just think he's being used a lot. Sometimes he's used and you're like, why is, why are we using him? We have other guys to use. We have other capable pitchers. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be annoying on Clay Holmes for a second. Uh, just because uh, I, I think there's an obvious inflection point where he his struggles began. And it was something that while it was happening, I was fearful of it happening, but there's also no way to prevent it. And then it happened. Clay Holmes was not used from June 29th to July 7th. He came in in game two of the doubleheader in Cleveland and threw two pitches to get a doubleheader to get out of a bases loaded jam in the ninth. He threw two pitches between the 29th and the 7th. The seventh was his one perfect inning against the Red Sox. It was effortless. It took two seconds. It lowered ZRA to 0.47. The next time he appeared was the Saturday when he gave up the game-tying hit to Verdugo and gave up Michael King's inherited runner. And then the next time he appeared after that was the absolute implosion against Cincinnati. And since then, he's been good, not great. He was great in the one road game in Baltimore. Typically, he has walked people in most of his appearances. The second Cincinnati game, had a walk. The Boston game where he did equate himself well in one inning at the very end of the Friday night, annoying game that they lost at home before they blew them out right before the All-Star break. He walked another guy. Uh, he walked a guy against the Mets. He walked two guys against the Royals in the one nothing game that the Yankees walked off the other day. He has been walking a lot of people, and he's hit several more. His control has not been the same. Mike Petriello put up a chart today showing that his release point has dropped steadily over the last few weeks. Is that a tired arm? Could be. But he also could have lost something during the, again, June 29th to July 7th period where he threw only two major league pitches. Since then, he's only had two clean outings and many more that have been more questionable than than strong. So I don't think Clay Holmes is forever cooked. But I do think that while he was on the bench for a really long time, I was kind of looking at the clock going, I really hope this does not throw off his season. We, you know, he felt like an effortless guy. You know, some of his saves earlier in the year were just so low stress. You were like, if Aroldis Chapman were here, this would be painful. But Chapman also falls victim to the thing where he's not used very often. 
And then all of a sudden he comes back and he just does not have it. I was like, man, I hope Holmes isn't that guy. And since Holmes got his week plus off, he has certainly not looked the same. Yeah, and it is weird because even when you look at, you know, closer numbers for full closers, he is fourth in innings pitched. And that number only he's only separated by two innings from uh, number one or uh, two and two thirds innings from Jorge Lopez. Also ahead of him is uh, David Bednar of the Pirates, 46 and two thirds and Scott Barlow of the Royals, 47 and two thirds. Uh, Holmes is firmly at 45 and two thirds, even with that, even with that ample rest. Um, So could chalk it up to odd managing here. We've started to see as the Yankees have been suffering a little bit with bullpen depth and just with lackluster play in general um, fans calling out Aaron Boone for some questionable decisions. Um, It is what it is. You know, when you're dealing with a little bit of a skeleton crew here, it gets more difficult um, but then again, Boone doesn't have the greatest track record of managing relievers um, since being manager of the Yankees. Uh, so eh, Holmes could be, you know, I think just hitting a bump in the road. It's fine. Uh, I'd rather it happen now. Um, and the Yankees get their ducks in a row before the deadline's over, get some more help, give him more consistent rest, get him on a real schedule as opposed to, Hey, you're pitching, you know, five out of the next seven days. And then, you know, you're off for the next seven. You know, we, we don't want that. Um, you want something that's more fluid, that makes more sense, that keeps him fresh. Um, again, you have to look back at his career track record, right? Formerly with the Pirates, comes over to the Yankees last year in this weird deal um, where fans were enraged by Hoy Park being dealt. Um, I was pissed for like one second about that too. Um, one, one second. Yeah. But uh, aside from last year when he pitched 70 innings, which is a career high um, at the MLB level, uh, 2020, um, I believe he was injured. Um, he only pitched one and a third inning. Um, 2019, 50 innings. 2018, 26 and a third innings. Um, and then I'm trying to parse through his minor league stats here. Um, he also threw in 2018 an additional 101 and one third minor league innings. Um, and in 2019, he threw an additional 19.2 minor league innings. Um, so. He's not exactly approaching dangerous levels, um, but it's it's a lot of work. Um, and he was also used as a starter previously, so switching into this role is always different. Um, starter up until it looks like 2018. 2018, he was a starter up until, so um, kind of different trajectory for him. Um, I'm not entirely worried. I just want a regular schedule. I want more of a clear bridge to his outings. Um, like I know at this point, I'm not a fan of the strict closer. Oh, your closer comes in in the ninth. That's not debatable. I do like the manner in which he's utilized, um, kind of to face the best option, uh, the face, the best three batters in any given stretch, kind of like what you saw against the Mets last week, Heart of the Mets order coming up in the bottom of the eighth. We throw clay Holmes. But then who do you have for the ninth? Michael King being injured really screws that up. You have Wandy Peralta coming in who has been giving up walk-offs like it's his job. So not really the scenario you want. Hopefully you use Efros a little bit more in that Michael King role. Maybe, I don't know. We're going to wait and see what, you know, what his role might be. Um, but I'd rather there be some sort of status quo now that King's gone um, because I do like, altering but i don't i also uh, on the flip side i don't want to see a role of chapman in in any you know anything beyond the seventh inning um and i don't quite trust loisiga yet i hope he can get there i think he might get there um but the key here is going to be keeping holmes well rested 
on a good schedule down the stretch and figuring out the pieces around him um, before it gets too late, because now we're in a little bit of a pinch. Don't want this to get any worse than it already is. That's why I think the Efros thing was so huge. Cause I do think everybody was laying the groundwork for their favorite Yankee complaint when they watched Loisaga improve and they watched Chapman improve and they heard about Zach Britton coming back to the bump and, and facing hitters. And they were like, Cashman's just going to say we got our deadline improvements and they were a role Chapman and Zach Britton, but no, then Cashman went out and got a reliever for five and a half years who looks like a star. So we're all loath to fall into those patterns of the past, but it does not seem like the Yankees are treating this year's team like last year's team and like the team from the year before they do know when to push the gas pedal and they are trying uh, angel Frank asking if uh, we tried giving up the whole farm for Shohei Otani. Apparently we did. Per reports that just dropped, Otani is not going anywhere. No. But we were among the only teams that made a serious offer, which is interesting because he's someone who actively said no to the Yankees in the past. The Yankees were the perceived favorites to sign Otani after 2017, and then immediately he pivoted to making them the first team eliminated from the chase, which is incredibly annoying. I mean, legitimately, it was like, you're going to get a generational talent. No, wait, you're the only team he doesn't want to play for. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, So he's a free agent after next year, too. So if you do trade for Otani, there's a chance that he comes and is not motivated or does not enjoy being in the Bronx. Possible. And second, does he want to come back? Does he want to stay? Because if not, I'm not surrendering. I mean, that's going to be Volpe, Dominguez, Wells, Waldachuk. Two more pitching prospects, maybe even Glaber Torres for Otani. And I'm not doing that for 1.5 years of a guy who doesn't want to be here. Yeah. I would trade anything for one. So I'm not trading everything for Otani, but good on the Yankees for asking. Yeah, it's worth it. I mean, that could have that could have been the needle mover for the next two years in terms of a World Series. Um, I think we got one more here we should talk about. Montas mm-hmm. becoming Sunny Gray 2.0. Woohoo. Hot take. I mean, that's I don't think that's fair. Sonny Gray was Sonny Gray because Sonny Gray showed up and Larry Rothschild had no idea what to do with him. Yeah. Like the Yankees pitching coach was like, I don't know, I don't know you. What do you do best? And Sonny Gray was like, I'm an all-star. And he was like, Why don't you throw my pitch? And Sonny Gray was like, I hate that pitch. And then Sonny Gray was terrible. Yeah. I don't think it was Sonny Gray can't handle the Bronx. I think the pitching coach messed with his arsenal and he was dreadful more often than not. But even when he came over in 2017, he wasn't that bad. No. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. Yeah, I mean, the important thing to remember here also is the change in pitching coaches. Um, I think even if you view the Efros trade as an overpay, if you were high on Hayden Wesneski, you have the Yankees staff, which has been adept at getting these guys to where they need to be and making them high-level contributors um, on very cost-effective salaries. Um, That helps them with their payroll. That helps them go after guys for more money that has fans complaining less about, you know, them being cheap and free agency and whatnot. Um, We'd still like to see the needle moved a little bit there um, in terms of the aggression. Uh, But when you have the luxury of of a staff that clearly knows what it's doing, clearly knows what pitches to emphasize, clearly knows how to help these guys, um, you know, not be awful. Like look at the Yankee staff right now. Is anybody awful on this staff? No. Not really. Like I hate watching Jordan Montgomery, but yeah, no. I mean everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. Nobody is being thrown to the wolves like the last couple of years. We saw Albert Abreu thrown to the wolves, get destroyed. Why were we tr- trotting out Brooks Christie as many times as we did? Why were we trotting out Nick Nelson as many times as we did? They found this happy medium of acquiring the right talent, 
emphasizing and maximizing that right talent and getting value out of it. Um, so do I, uh, do I think that this is Sonny Gray 2.0? Uh, I know. I don't think so. Um, will I be shocked if that's the case? Also, probably not. Um, you know, you look at these other guys who come from franchises where the spotlight's not big, um, where, you know, you're playing for a losing team, so the stakes don't really matter. Um, Gallo is the number one example of that. Just sat around, had fun in Texas. Nothing meant, nothing ever meant anything in Texas while he was there. Was able to have a few 40 homer seasons, shine in a very, very um, minimized spotlight, and then he comes to New York, and it's the worst year of baseball you've ever seen. So is it possible? Sure. Am I going to be more optimistic than that? Absolutely. Um, I Like I said, Frankie Montas, I think, is a solid trade deadline acquisition. Um, if they can get Montas and Rodon and get some other salary off the books, I think that's the move, and that's what I'm going to end this with. That's 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 the vibe I'm putting in before tomorrow at six o'clock. Hundred percent. I'm I'm not one to defend Sonny Gray, and I won't. But it was a lot like Gallo, like yeah. in 2017 when he came over, he was good, not great. 3.72 ERA and 65 and a third innings. Bad ALDS start against Cleveland, pretty good ALCS start against Houston, five innings, one hit, one earned run. And everybody said, that's not really the guy we thought we were acquiring. He was solid, but hey, year two, Sonny Gray, yeah. look out. And then year two, Sonny Gray was terrible. terrible. And it was like Gallo. It was, it was the same thing. It was like, hey, Joey Gallo, full season. Like, can't argue with that. And he comes back and you're like, oh my God, full season of Joey Gallo. An entire season of this. Year two, Sonny Gray was like that. But Sonny Gray, after being acquired, was actually pretty okay. Although, again, didn't make the difference. Is Montas going to make a difference? I sure hope so. If you think the Yankees need help in the rotation, and again, that's not a thought. That's a confirmed yes. They need help in the rotation for the remainder of the year. Absolutely. And that help is not Jose Quintana. And I got in a fight with some guys on Twitter. I said I'd be fine with acquiring Jose Quintana. Spoiler alert, that was me. I tweeted that as long as they did something else. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, so you want Quintana to stink in the playoff rotation? And I was like, I don't even know if he's going to be in the playoff rotation. <laughs> I want him soaking up innings. And they were like, you want to trade for a guy who's not even in the playoff rotation? And it's like, yeah, if we get somebody else, you only read half the tweet. <laughs> I'm fine with Quintana as long as there's also a Montasa Rodon. I'm obviously, I would rather Frankie and Rodon. I'm just not going to, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. The Eagles really want to step on the gas pedal. It's possible. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's just thinking about acquiring Sunny Gray again is extremely frustrating. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit worried about giving up our tippy-top prospects for Luis Castillo a year after he led the league in walks. Yeah. You want to talk about somebody who's permanently scarred from the Sunny Gray acquisition and the Gallo acquisition. That's where I was on that, too. I was like, man, I mean, what if, you know, you're acquiring any pitcher in their – this close to, you know, Clay Holmes' trajectory has currently been thrown off. Pitching is really fragile. So hopefully if the Yankees do make a move here, it works out. But I don't think there's an excuse not to make a move. No. And so that's where I'll, that's where I'll end it. Like, you know, there's a chance everything doesn't work out. There's a chance you end up having the same memories with Montas that you do of Sonny Gray. But I don't think – I think a lot of people forgive Cashman for making the Sonny Gray trade. You want Jorge Mateo back? You want James Caprillian back? You want Dustin Fowler? Oh, man. What was his last name? Dustin Fowler? Yeah, yeah the guy who ripped his leg up running into a pipe in, in Chicago. Like, uh, those are three people that you trade for Sonny Gray for the chance at a World Series. And it kind of worked in year one, and it didn't work at all in year two. 
and that's upsetting. But if you trade a similar package of guys, yeah. which Mateo is a top five prospect at that point in time, similar to Peraza. Mateo is on a downward trajectory only slightly, but there's not that much difference in the packages. And, and this is the time when you make a move like this because the, tw- the, the Yankees are 69 and 34. But if you put this Yankee team in the playoffs right now, they would not be your favorite in the American League. They would barely be your favorite to get past the Blue Jays. You have to make changes. Or if you don't want to make changes, you're just saying, I care about the future more than the present. I care about top farm systems more than I care about rings. And this isn't even, I'm not even rings culture guy. I'm not even, you know, anything other than the World Series is a failure. I'm just saying at a certain point, you build up prospects to trade them to have a chance at contending. If you hold all of these guys, you're, you know, there are some people out there who would be upset during a World Series parade saying we are so fucked for 2026. I don't even want to think about it. Fuck. Peraza could have been our shortstop in 2025. We are so boned. Oh, and yeah, yeah, no, I'm getting hit by champagne. Like, there are people who during a World Series parade are sitting there going, I am really nervous about 27. There are very few controllable relievers on this roster. <laughs> Things eventually work themselves out. Teams reload. The Yankee, do you not trust the Yankee scouting and pitching development department at this point? You have to trust them. Look at what they've done lately. Yeah. I mean, based on how they built this farm system as quickly as it was, like, yeah, we there's been a big problem with the Yankees' development um, for probably 15 years. 15 years, pro- probably from, like, what, 2004 to 2018, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, no pitching prospects really hit it big. Not that, you know, they, they it just it just wasn't good. It, it just wasn't as good as it should have been. And, you know, you look at the Dodgers as an organization over the last 10 or so years, they've been able to couple the elite scouting um, and analytics with spending the dough. They, they, they've been opposite of what the Red Sox have done. The Red Sox went out with a giant purse and decided to get a raise guy to implement the raise philosophy, but have given him, you know, a McDonald's budget to kind of figure it out. And look, I just saw a funny tweet. The <laughs> This is good. I mean, I know it's a total troll and I shouldn't even really be laughing at it because something's going to come and bite me in the ass. But Pine Bloom turned Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi and Hunter Renfro into Franchi Cordero, Alex Verdugo and Jackie Bradley Jr. But it's fucking true. It's fucking true. That is what happened. And that is when you're using your resources incorrectly. The Yankees, I still think, are a step below the Dodgers in terms of putting it all together and analyzing things in in a uh, a multifaceted fashion um, and using their money, you know, a, a, as their, as their best resources and, and not being afraid to trade young talent because they have confidence in the scouting department. I think that's starting to, that wave is starting to change based on, you know, you look at the top 10 right now. We talked about this last week, seven of the top 10 of these guys have been brought in since 2019. That's two, it's two and a half years ago, folks, three, that's three years ago. Like if they can, we talked about it before. If they can unload everybody for Juan Soto and two pitchers, then you just do this again for two years, three years, and and restock it. Not to mention you have another uh, a bunch of other guys outside of the top ten: Roderick Arias, Oswaldo Cabrera, depending on how you kind of view him, Randy Vasquez, Brandon Lockridge, Brendan Beck, Justin Lang, J.P. Sears, Josh Bro, Elijah Dunham. The list goes on and on. A lot of guys in. You know, in that second tier, that could very well boost into the number one tier should these guys get traded 
and they take the next step. I know that's a lot. To Grant ask Richardson, for. Grant Richardson, yeah. Everson Pereira, uh, a lot of guys. Uh, who's the TJ Rumfeld, the infielder they got in the Nick Nelson trade? Yeah. There are a lot of people to like right now. A lot of guys, uh, offensively and defensively. Defensively, pitchers are. God, it's an hour trade deadline podcast. I'm calling pitchers defensively. <laughs> We're talking talking football here, folks. Uh, I I love what the Yankees are doing. Uh, so far, so good. Hopefully not done. I mean, if they're done, I hate what the Yankees are doing. Yeah. If they're not done, I love what they're doing. And, and we'll be joining you again later this week to give you a full wrap-up. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, and make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on YouTube Live, 2 o'clock Eastern, most Mondays and Thursdays. But obviously, we go live for special instances like this. And with so much bubbling today, Wanted to hop on a little early and talk to you for a little longer. And I think it was worth it. Uh, the, the Red Sox are, are still sort of spooking me here. Uh, they can't decide if they're buyers or sellers. I'd obviously rather they sell and I'd rather they pack in, you know, throw up the white flag for the rest of the year. But they're asking for so much from the Mets for J.D. Martinez and Christian Vasquez. They're asking for Mark Vientos, who's like a top five prospect and could slot in and be better than J.D. Martinez at the major league level right now. Honestly, if you put him in the Red Sox lineup, he'd be very similar to that. You know, it might take a little bit of time to adjust, but that's a huge ask. And Dom Smith is also in this package. And so if the Red Sox are asking for that much, it tells me they might not really want to sell after all, which means they might be competitive in August and September. But if they do sell, they'll be getting a haul. Like, why are we doing this? J.D. Martinez is old and he should be one solid prospect. And that should be it for J.D. Martinez. We shouldn't be or maybe Dom Smith. Or maybe you should have just asked more for Mookie Betts and Hunter Renfro. Probably should have just done that. Probably should have done that. Why did Hunter Renfro go for just Jackie Bradley Jr.'s salary? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we will take you through everything that does transpire <laughs> on Thursday in a full recap. We're going to have lots of content for you at yanksgoyard.com. In the meantime, you can find my unhinged thoughts at Adam Weiner on Twitter. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes, like Adam said, head on over to yanksoyard.com. Deadline content for the next, what do we have? 28 hours, 2 p.m. right now. Deadline tomorrow at 6. Mm-hmm. 28 hours, full steam ahead, leaving no, stern, leaving no stone left unturned. Um, we're not going to untouch any sterns. Yeah, either. we you will not. T- yeah, that. no, we, we're not going to touch any sternos. I'm not going to burn my hand. Um, head on over to uh, the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're going to be chatting it up there, uh, posting stuff there as well. Trade deadline commentary. You know what it is. Um, and until then, folks, maybe we go live tomorrow if something crazy happens. I don't know, man. Maybe. Hey, hey we'll be here. But if we're, uh, yeah. if it does, if we're going by regular schedule, though, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy the next few days. Have fun on the deadline. Stay optimistic. Don't get too mad. We love you. Take care, everybody. Don't hug your prospects. See ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.